You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have an amazing guest here with me today, Melanie Leonard of Streamline Legal, a former practicing attorney, now a consultant and a Clio extraordinaire that helps lawyers optimize their business. You're also a podcast host, and I've listened to your podcast episodes before. You're so spot on, and you're a speaker. I watch some of your speaking engagements where you talk about life-changing optimizations in business. There are so many different topics that you cover that help law firm owners put more structure into their business and thus probably enjoy better lives. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Sasha. It's my pleasure to be here. And those are all the things that I'm passionate about. So I'm looking forward to chatting today. Amazing. So first of all, why Clio? Why optimization with Clio? Great question. So I actually used Clio when I had my practice um, and I was one of the first Clio users. It just, the timing was right. When I started my practice, they had just started building the software. And so that was a great opportunity for me back then because there was a button. I'll never forget. There was a button at the top of the screen that said feedback and just pretty much I'm just that type of person where when I see something that I think could be better, I just click on the button and let them know, you know? And so that was a great opportunity because I got to know the people that were working at Clio at the time and kind of what their goals were and what they were trying to do with the software. Of course, fast forward now, you know, many, many years later, um, approximately 13 or so later, now it's like there's obviously they have hundreds of people working there and it's a much larger company. Um, but I still really appreciate their goals and what they're trying to accomplish with the software. Um, I also appreciate the fact that it is very, in my experience, user-friendly. And so when I'm trying to like run a law firm or run a business, I don't have a lot of time to sit on tech support, you know, to try and figure out where to click and all that. So the more that I can do myself now, Having said that, I also appreciate the fact that I think they have one of the best customer service um, experiences um, and customer support experiences um, of any practice management software out there. So being able to, you know, just chat with tech support and get a quick answer is super important to me as well. So those are many of the reasons. Um, and I'll tell you, not only that, but Clio is also very easy to get your data out of because I have no disillusions that, you know, it's the only software that's ever going to be a great option, right? Like there may be times that people want to leave Clio or take data out of Clio even without leaving. Um, and I find that it's very easy to get your data out of Clio. And so those were most of the reasons or the main reasons I should say that I was really drawn to Clio and have continued to support a Clio customer base with the work that we're doing at Streamlined Legal. Yeah, so spot on. And it's very interesting. So software, practice management software is very complex. So we know this. I think most law firm owners who have implemented any practice management software know this. And I am always, always, always grateful for people who can help us optimize those things because I think implementation rate for software like Clio is probably somewhere between like 15, 20, 25%. Am I in the right ballpark? Because like the rest of it just goes unused. It's like a Swiss army knife. But if you learn how to use it, your life and your business should be so much better. Yeah. You know, 
Clio doesn't publish those numbers, so I don't know for sure, of course, but that would be my guess too, because the whole reason I started Streamline Legal was because I was seeing people that had purchased Clio and weren't using the functionality of it, right? Or they were using very little of the functionality. And of course, a lot of people, it was the billing, right? Because we're, of course, we're running businesses. Oops, sorry. We're running businesses and we want to make sure that, you know, we're getting paid and we're able to continue that business. So the billing is obviously very critical, but I found that there were so many other features within Clio particularly, but really within any practice management software that is you know, can have such a huge effect on your business that people were already paying for and already had access to, and they just weren't using it. And there's lots of different reasons why, right? Like they might be just really busy. Um, maybe they don't have the staff to support it. Maybe they don't have the time to support it. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. But um, when I saw that and I saw how many people had the software and just weren't taking advantage of all the features, I really felt like if there was anything we could do to just help them like get over that hurdle of implementation, that's what I wanted to do because I felt there was such value there that they were missing out on. It's a really interesting point. So I think about a year ago or so, I had Joshua Lennon, one of the executives from Clio on this podcast. And yeah. he and I talked about numbers, numbers that he could actually reveal. And he said that it's really interesting. This is again, going back about 12 months. So um, late 2022. He told me that when attorneys just start using Clio, on average, they bill 1.8 hours per day. Yes. And he said, after typical common implementation, that number goes up to 2.1 hours per day, which is, if you think about it, it's a huge improvement for just having implemented a software. Right. But that also assumes that implementation is not like you don't implement 100% of it. You again, you implement like a small portion of it. And I think most people, when they acquire such a powerful software as Clio, they probably do not prioritize complete implementation because they do not see the ROI and it's, uh, thus it doesn't get prioritized. Can you talk yes. about some specific examples where law firm owners actually, with your help or on their own, went through complete implementation and how that benefited their businesses? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I'll tell you just a little bit about my personal experience. When I was running my firm with Clio, and I very similarly at the very beginning, I didn't use all the features either, frankly. You know, I was using it to store contact information and to reference my calendar and maybe, you know, uh, my billing, of course. Um, but that was about it, right? And, um, little by little, I made a conscious decision that I wanted to use more of the features. And so I would pick like one feature a quarter, or one feature every six months to try and implement and do more with. And so I'll never forget, um, it I was doing residential real estate at the time um, in the Chicago suburbs. And so I was helping people with their closings. And a lot of that is documentation, right? Closing documents. And so um, I made the decision that I was going to put my closing documents into Clio's internal document automation. And I created the templates and, you know, got that all set up and I was able to reduce the amount of drafting time for those closing documents from 45 minutes of a lot of, you know, cut and paste and copy and paste and, you know, find and replace kind of features in the um, word to being able to run it through the Clio document automation software, reduced it down to 15 minutes. 
And so going from 45 minutes to an hour to 15 minutes as a solo, especially at the time, that was a huge savings to me. Right. Um, and so once I had that experience, like I was hooked, I wanted every document that came out of my office to be in document automation. And I actually did that. I, I made a decision that, you know, if I ever started drafting something that was something I would use again, then I was never going to draft it. I was only going to draft the template and then create the document. And of course that took a little extra time, of course, to create the template, but it paid off in spades, you know, down the line. So I think it's examples like that where, um, you know, that type of savings and that actually mirrors the, um, the data that Clio found when it was looking at um, document automation with Lawya and and their internal, um, that it saved approximately 75% of the time that you were spending. Um, and that that's just huge. Um, another one that was a huge uh, change for me and, and for a lot of the firms that we work with as well was um, the workflow function within Clio. They call it taskless. But again, any practice management software is going to have some type of workflow function in it that you can try and take advantage of. Um, that absolutely, and I know it sounds dramatic, but absolutely changed my life and the way that I practice law. Um, because before that, we were very reactive firm, right? Like whatever client was calling to complain the loudest, whatever emails we were getting, whatever deadlines we had coming up tomorrow or next week, that's what we were reacting to. Whereas once I implemented the workflow function of taskless, then it became, we were much more proactive. And I will tell you, having practiced law now reactively and proactively, proactive is the way you want to do it. I mean, just a different quality of life. Like, and you walk into the office and your team is all there and they're just, you know, they, it literally a weight was lifted off of their shoulders, right? Like they had this resource now that was guiding them as to what they needed to do each day to keep on top of things and stay on top of things that they didn't have to keep that all in their heads. And I think that we underestimate the amount of information that ourselves and our teams are keeping in our heads and mm -hmm. the weight that is lifted when we get that out of our head and into some software or into some documentation is just like undescribable. Like until you've actually been there, I'm not sure you can appreciate it but the fully, but um, yeah, it just changed the way we practice law. And so that's what I wanted to bring to the, the clients that we work with at Streamline Legal, right? I want to change their way, their lives in that similar way. Um, and not just for them, I mean, for their team, but then also for their clients. I mean, what type of, um, what a huge difference that can make when you walk into your attorney's office and they're not distracted by every little thing that they have to do. They have the time to focus on you and to give you that attention you need as a client. And that's what I think all of our clients deserve. And unfortunately, not all of our firms are just in a place that they're able to do that regularly. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm ex very excited about those kinds of possibilities for law firms out there. As I listen to you, I've come to a real realization. So when we hire employees or specialists, not managers, but specialists, they're supposed to be specialists at something. Our goal is to get them trained to the point where they're absolutely self-sufficient. Once they're self-sufficient, you're maximizing the value of that employee being part of your team. They feel great because they don't have to run to somebody all the time asking questions or wondering whether what they're doing is being done correctly. You feel great because you know you made the right hire because now they're self-sufficient. It's an amazing feeling on all ends and quality of what they do, usually once they're self-sufficient is high or very high. So I started thinking as I listened to you, perhaps we should treat our practice management software or any other 
complex piece of software as an employee and say that until they're fully trained, they're not fully self-sufficient and they're not serving us and our clients best. So we need to invest that training time to train the software to work at its max capacity to deliver the highest ROI to your firm. And there's something that I know about your firm. Uh, you managed to sell your business, which is very rare for small law firms. And I think, and I always think about it this way, we're all going to retire out of our, out of our businesses one day. And that retirement is either going to be by default because we're old or sick and tired or just tired or something else, or by design, because we chose to retire out of that business. The, the by design retirement takes quite a bit of planning. And whenever I think about selling any business, especially any service business, I know that any buyer has alternatives. Like their money can be invested into company A or company B or company C. And I put myself into the shoes of a buyer and I always think about which company would I buy? The one that has the highest efficiency rate or the one where it just feels like a lot of people doing a lot of things, being really busy. So I think that automation could be life-changing automation, as you mentioned in that speech, because it could really change the valuation of your business when the day comes, when you're like, hey, it is time for me to retire. Not necessarily retire, retire, but retire out of this law firm. I'm ready to sell all of it or part of it. Oh, I agree with you. I think it's a huge value. I mean, you're exactly right. If I'm looking to buy law firm A or law firm B, you know, and A has all these systems set up that essentially it's like a plug and play law firm, right? Like it kind of runs itself. That's the one that's going to be more appealing to me, right? Than B where it's very dependent on the particular people. Because yeah. what if that paralegal that's been there for 30 years leaves, right? I mean, does all the institutional knowledge leave with that person? Yeah then there's no value there, right? Or there's very little value there. So absolutely, I think that we're, we definitely can get caught in this idea that, you know, oh, well, it's, you know, she knows how to do it or he knows how to do it or it's all in my head where that's only a value if I'm there to do it, right? But if you're trying to scale a business or sell a business or, you know, make a business that is not dependent on you sitting in that chair every day, then you're going to have some challenges and you're going to, find a lot more value by getting that information out of your head or out of your team's head so that it can be shared with other people. Again, whether you're trying to scale or whether you're trying to sell or whatever. Um, but I think it's much more valuable out of your head than it is in, that's for sure. 100%. When you started using Clio, AI was not a thing. Like nobody really talked about AI unless it was a sci-fi movie. True. Right. Today in 2024, <laughs> AI is very commonplace. And by the way, it became so just in the last 18 months, give or take. And a lot of attorneys that I got to speak with over the last year and a half felt between slightly threatened to very threatened by AI. Like, will this thing replace us? And in this year and a half or so, we learned that AI will not replace lawyers, but a lawyer who uses AI very well could replace another five lawyers. So when you think about implementing software like Clio, and I don't know if Clio already, I, I, I do know that it has some of the AI functionality in it. And as it expands, you have to invest into development of that AI system because this is something that may actually either make it or break it for you as other lawyers are leveraging AI. Efficiency will become the name of the game. 
like it, it has to happen that way. And your clients will start demanding your debt efficiency in the same way as they did back in 2008, 2009. There was this discussion, I remember this because I'm old enough, where prior to the financial crisis of 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, depending on when you stop counting, um, corporate lawyers, like outside counsel, would build, build wildly. Like so many hours from associates, so many partners, so many hours from seniors. And then the crisis came. And there was a big article, I think in Wall Street Journal, where it was like, we, the clients, will not pay for your associates training. You now have to right. bill us efficiently or else we're going to find somebody else who will. And I think with implementation yep. of AI across so many law firms, those who implement it well will become more efficient and clients will continue coming to them at a much higher rate than those who are like, yeah, I still charge X number of thousands of dollars to do this type of paperwork. Whereas the guy next door cranks it out in quarter of a time and charges half. So his profitability is actually up right. while yours is down because your revenue is down. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that, you know, it's practice management software is like any other tool, right? And AI is like any other tool, right? It, it depends on how you use it, right? If you don't use it, well then yes, you're going to be left behind. Um, if you use it somewhat, then yeah, you'll get some benefit. And if you use it really well, then yeah, you could take over the world essentially. Well, let's, <laughs> I, I say that by, um, I say that as a joke, but yes, I do think that um, it will be very much a game changer. Clio did announce at their conference back in October, um, an AI feature within Clio that has not yet been released, but I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, but I think that, you know, I don't feel threatened by AI, frankly. I feel like it will change the game and I'm excited about that. I think that that's a very cool prospect because I think that in some regards, we have some attorneys out there or you know, law firm owners out there that um, you know, have been able to take advantage of the old system, right? And be able to benefit from that for quite some time. And I think that they're particularly going to feel threatened because they're not going to be able to do that for much longer. Right. I think in the same way that the, the billable hour is um, in my opinion, going by the wayside eventually, I think that maybe not as quickly as some of us want, but I think that, you know, that similar kind of thing will happen with AI where, you know, if you're not picking up on it and you're not using it to your advantage, you're going to get left behind. Um, and so I can see a lot of attorneys that would be threatened by that. Um, but for me, I really look at it as an opportunity and an opportunity to change the game and still offer an awesome, amazing service to our clients, but not have it depend on some of the same criteria that we might have used in the past, like the billable hour. Um, and so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of great opportunities and I agree with you. I don't think it's going to replace lawyers, but I do think it's going to require us to up our game in a lot of different areas. And I'm okay with that. When new clients come to you for the first time, what is the state of implementation on their end? And if there is a finite point in the future where you usually are like, hey, we're done implementing this thing. It now runs optimally. What does that look like? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, I feel like 
Um, first of all, most of our clients at Streamline Legal actually already have practice management software and they've recognized, they've come to a point where they've recognized that what they're doing with it or not doing with it is negatively affecting them and they want to get more out of it, right? Um, so most of our clients already have it to some extent. Again, a lot of them are a great example of, you know, maybe they just use the billing or maybe they just use these one or two features. But um, we also work with clients that have either never used practice management software or are new to Clio. And so that's a great opportunity to do some more um, training. Um, the thing I like about um, working with clients in all three of those stages is we really are improving their business and their lives um, with each step. So for example, if they've just never used software before for practice management, um, you know, just the idea that now they have this reliable source to track things with, that's huge for them, right? Um, whereas you may have some more experienced clients that have used practice management software, but frankly, they might be in the same situation because maybe they've never closed a file in their practice management software, or maybe they don't do it regularly and so they can't rely upon it. So similarly, when we come up, help them come up with a process and a procedure to make that happen consistently, now they can start relying on this software that maybe they sort of relied on in the past, but now they can um, rely upon it even more. So I feel like no matter what stage they're at with this implementation, um, the benefits just keep growing and growing. Now, as far as when do they ever finish, um, that's a tricky question because the idea is that as we implement things, it, it just keeps improving. Um, a lot of our clients come to us because they do want to grow and build the business. And so as things continue to grow and improve, I should say, as they improve, they continue to grow. And then as they grow, um, I don't know if you've heard the term, you know, new level, new devil, like the things that worked to get you there aren't necessarily mm -hmm. going to work to get you to the next spot. Right. And so even if they've gotten a lot of value out of things we've done so far, I feel like there's oftentimes more that we can do to redesign or make it even better for this new stage that they're at. So does it ever actually end? I like to think no, um, because I'm of the type of person that even when I have a great process, I'm always looking for where did it fail or where did it not perform the way we want it to and how can we improve? So I'm always looking for the next place to improve upon. Um, but I'll tell you, um, if you hire Streamline Legal, there is an end to what you've hired us for. <laughs> we do have a very discreet term of engagement. Um, so, but I'll tell you, in in light of that, and and noticing those kinds of things happening, where you know we would finish with a client or finish our engagement with a client, and then there's more for us to do. Um, we did recently put into place a subscription plan where now our you know, our firms that we've worked with, you know, we do go in and do it like a deep dive and get a lot of work done, but then they can join our subscription plan so that as little things change and need to be adjusted and, and addressed, we're still there to support them. And I think that's a really valuable service that we can now offer um, so that, like I said, it's, it's not that you ever finish, um, you just keep improving. And so I feel like um, that new subscription plan is going to be a real benefit to our existing and our new clients to be able to take advantage of. It makes a lot of sense in the way that continually training your existing employees, even if they've been there for a while, ups their game, ups their skill level, and they should right. continually improve their performance.
Well, and you know what I find too? I, I love having the opportunity to come into a firm, whether it's in person or online, but meet with multiple people within the firm, because I find that as we start talking about these things, you know, details are revealed that maybe not all the team members knew, right? And it's not like we always sit down over lunch and say, oh, well, how are you doing things? And how are you doing things? Like, that's not a typical conversation within a firm or any business, really. Um, so when we sit down to specifically talk about our processes and our procedures, um, I, I love that discussion because I feel like we can all gain from that discussion about how this person's doing it versus how that person's doing it because we all are within the same firm and we have a very similar experience um, and we can all draw upon that. But it's not a conversation that we have just naturally a lot of times. A lot of times it has to be like, a, let's bring in a consultant to talk about this or let's, you know, let's put aside this time for a strategic planning meeting or something like that where we actually set aside the time to do it. And if we're not setting aside that time, then, you know, this person over here might've discovered an awesome way to get something done, but never really shared it with the rest of the team because they're just busy getting work done. Right. Um, so I love those conversations and I love having that opportunity to, for firms to kind of self-reflect on how they're doing things. Because again, it, when you're so busy getting, you know, the work done for the clients, we don't always stop to think about how it's happening. And I think that kind of a conversation can be so valuable. And I'm picturing that for every organization, as small as a solo attorney and as large as hundreds of attorneys, when it comes to thinking about, let's hire a consultant or consulting firm that's going to help us to improve this. The conversation is probably in some of the heads. It's similar to that, like, I know I need to get to the gym. I know yes. I need to start going. Yep. I just, I just don't want to. Oh yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? that? That's a tough one. Absolutely. I'll say that, um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons depending on the person, you know, maybe I don't want to go to the gym because I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Like I've been dealing with this for so long. Um, maybe it's because I don't have a lot of confidence in my abilities to perform at the gym. Like there's, there's all kinds of things that could be the reason. Um, maybe I'm not comfortable in that location. I don't know. There's all kinds of things similarly to when you're trying to optimize your firm, right? There's probably a reason why you have been doing your billing this way for however many years, even though maybe it's not the best option for you. Um, but it's all, so it's we really all have to dig in and try ourselves. It's all, it's mm -hmm. all a lie. Oftentimes. We just continue lying to yeah. ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And it does. It takes some um, self-reflection. It takes sometimes someone calling you out on it and saying, hey, I saw you doing this and, you know, it's not serving you. Do you know why you continue to do it this way? And until they figure that out or recognize it or appreciate it or admit it, um, they probably won't change much, frankly, right? We've had a fair number of clients, you know, as much as we try to guide them through the process, I can be the best consultants in the world and teach you all of the great things that Clio can do and build you procedures and train your team. But if in the end, you're not convinced that this is going to help, then you're probably not going to make the changes that I'm recommending, right? Um, and so it really does come down to, in my experience, oftentimes the firm owner and the firm leadership as to whether or not they're willing to make this change. Because again, I can teach their team, but if the team walks into the office every day and sees you not following the procedure, 
then they're going to take their lead from you as the business owner or as the leadership team and say, well, I guess this isn't very important to them. I should focus on the things I know that are important to them, like getting paid and getting client work done and all that. Um, so it really does start, I find from the top down, right? Like if this is not a priority for the owner or the leadership team of this firm, then I can give you all the best training and all the best procedures, but you're not going to be successful in the end or as successful as you otherwise could be. Um, so yeah, it does take a lot. And I'll tell you, um, we are not business coaches. We are not therapists. We have no training or, you know, um, or any type of certification in that kind of arena. But a lot of our conversations do revolve around, Hey, I gave you this great procedure. I gave you this great training. How come it's not going so well still? Do you have any ideas about that? Now I recognize having worked with enough firms, what I think the problem is, but the truth is I need them to realize it because my recognizing it isn't necessarily going to help. Um, so whatever we can do to try and lead them to those realizations, I think are, is helpful. And we try to do that. Um, but again, depending on how big the issue is or the particular person, the particular business, that can be a real, real challenge. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So going back to the technology, it's almost like someone may know that unless they start exercising in the next three to five years, they're going to have a heart attack. That right. cardiovascular disease is catching up to them and they need to start exercising, but staying in that comfort zone where they're comfortable, what they're used to, it's just good yep. enough. Someone who is running a law firm may be thinking that streamlining our processes, pun intended, is really important, but there's a whole bunch of other things that I can do now that I know how to do, they're in my comfort zone. This is how we've been doing things for a while now. I'm going to get to this when I get to this. And then one day, bam, all of a sudden you're not competitive. All of a sudden there is a slew of issues that are now real to your law firm that your competitors oh, are, yeah. not, are not experiencing. Oh, I've seen it happen in law firms where we'll have potential clients call us up and say, Hey, um, I really need your help. We had a bar complaint last month, or I missed a deadline, or, you know, my license is now on the line. And it's unfortunate that it took them that long to get there, right, to that realization that they needed help. But, um, you know, thank goodness that they did, because that's only going to compound if you're living, um, you know, in a firm that is really struggling with those kinds of issues. I'll tell you a great, great example that I see all of the time um, is bill. It comes to billing. And especially when we're talking about hourly billing, right? Um, I will work with attorneys all the time that will mark down their bills like significantly. Um, and, or either that, or they won't send them out for like three or four months. Um, and or longer. And eventually when they do send them out, of course, then the client's all frustrated and mad because they didn't understand why the bill takes so long and why is it so large and all this kind of stuff. And it's kind of just this like, like negative cycle that just builds on itself. And when it comes down to it and we say, well, why are you delaying sending out these bills? Like, why don't you just send out the bills? Um, a lot of it comes down to, it is a pain to time track, but even that it comes down to, 
they're not confident in the amounts that they're charging or the value of the service that they're providing. And so they almost feel like ashamed or embarrassed to send out such a large bill, right? And so as a result, they struggle with how much should I discount or should I discount or what should I do? And that struggle goes on for a couple months and they delay sending out the bill and now it's just getting worse and worse and worse, right? Whereas if instead they simply tracked the time, sent out the bill for the time they actually tracked, I guarantee you from the firms that I've helped change this, you know, the, the cycle discontinues and people either pay the bill or yeah, maybe on occasion they complain about something and then you can discount it if you feel it's appropriate. But you know, this, this negative cycle of like delaying the bills because you're not confident about what you're charging and all that kind of stuff. It is, I've seen it have such a negative effect on firms and, and frankly, put some firms out of business, right? I mean, the reality is we're running a business here. And um, while we may not have learned that aspect of it in law school necessarily, that is what's happening. And if we can't financially support that business, then we're going to not have a business anymore. Um, so I, I find it fascinating that that is a very common thing that I see. And I would love to be able to help as many firms as possible not have to deal with that anymore. Um, but it's a scary proposition. I don't mean to imply that it's an easy thing to change, um, but I have seen such success with firms that are able to make that change that it just completely changes, again, the way that they run their business, the way that they you know, are able to take advantage of other things in their lives. And um, yeah, I, I see that a lot and it, it's so heartbreaking to me. This is where some discipline is required and as one of my favorite mentors says discipline equals freedom by instilling yeah. certain disciplines in your law firm which is a business and i believe the title of your podcast is your law firm is a business take it to the next level so by yep. instilling those disciplines in your law firm which is a business it's not a practice it's a business it will take you to right. the next level Absolutely. Melanie, Melanie, if people wanted to connect with you and learn how you can help them take their business to the next level through implementing some of those streamlined processes, how would they reach out? How would they connect with you? Absolutely. So all of our contact information is on our website at streamlined.legal. Um, so you're welcome to head over there. I'll tell you, though, we also, if you're just kind of getting a feel for like, I didn't know this was a thing or I didn't know this type of consultation was out there. Um, you know, please feel free to head over to our YouTube channel. We have tons of videos around practice management software. Um, there are a fair amount specific to Clio. So if you're a Clio user, that'll be really helpful. But frankly, the things that we talk about on that channel and on those videos is very applicable to all practice management software. Um, so I would highly recommend that if you're looking to learn more about what you can do with your practice management software or how a, con a consultant like us can help, please feel free to check out those videos. Um, they're very bite-sized, you know, five to six, seven minute videos um, that I think will really go a long way towards helping people. Oddly enough, I have to push back on this because I know you have hundreds of videos there. And if I was looking for help, I wouldn't know where to begin. So what's a good starting point? Like what's a good video to watch That is first? a great question, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I would recommend if you're looking at those videos and not quite sure where to start, um, check out the, ta uh, the sorry, the um, playlists. I almost said task list. Um, check out the playlists there um, because they are grouped by, you know, what kind of things were top, the topics are. And I feel like 
when I think about practice management, I always start with what do I feel is most painful in the moment, right? So like if I'm going to my office tomorrow and I'm trying to make things better, what's, where are the log jams? Like what's tying us up? What's making it more challenging? Um, and once you can identify that, then I think that being able to focus in on that playlist on the channel is going to be most helpful to you. That's a great mm. question. I do have a recommendation for you. Take it for what yeah. it is. Free advice. Perhaps yeah. on your website, you can build a wizard that would guide a user to identify what their problems are. It would be fully yes. automated. And that would so, lead them to that content. So it's funny you say that because I just last night was building that very thing out. Um, we, I, I know. Um, it's, a, it's a new software that I um, actually did a video on last night. On, so it'll be also be on a YouTube channel. Um, it's called Law Broker. And it's actually built for law firms. Um, but we're going to use it on our own side as well. And basically, it allows you to guide a prospective client through a journey of, you know, is this your problem for you? Is this a problem for you? And really pre-screen that person so that when they get to the end of that journey and they either book a consultation or, you know, reach out to you otherwise, um, you have that kind of information. And I think that you're exactly right. Being able to guide them through those questions that are going to help them discover that is very useful because even, you know, if they get to the end of that question, you know, series of questions and then decide that they don't need our help, well, that's great. We've just screened them out. We don't have to spend a ton of time with them, but we've still given them that value to figure that out along the way. Um, so I think that's a great idea and stay tuned because we will be adding that to our website shortly. There you go. Melanie, it was such a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Um, I love talking about this stuff, if you couldn't tell. Um, and uh, enjoy being able to, you know, talk to people that much like you that are within this industry and also have similar goals of helping law firms grow because this isn't stuff they teach us in law school. You know, this is the kind of stuff that we either have to figure out or find other resources for. And I'm excited and proud to be a resource um, and to have your uh, podcast as a resource for that as well. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.